0: y'all ready three two
1: one
0: all right everybody this is talk about it outdoors alex nick and cody live in the wilson studio we're ready to kick this one up kick it back and get it going y'all pull up a chair and set a while we got a special guest Nicholas, it's been a while since we've had a guest in-house with us, and it's uh, it's about 45 minutes later than what it usually is.
2: Yeah, we've been sitting in here shooting a breeze.
0: We usually got a hard start time, I think, that gets us going, and then tonight, we don't really have a hard start time. I think the hardest part about this is actually getting it uh, getting started, so. How are you, buddy? Good, man. How you doing? I'm doing well, Cody. Good to see you, buddy. I got you, got you turned down here. Let me turn you back <laughs> up. You over smacking on that deer jerk he's made. Hmm. <laughs> It's good, did you get yeah. that recipe from the uh, from the, the cooking episode that yeah, we did?
3: I pulled it right off the cooking episode and just fired it right away, and it was <laughs> delicious. Yeah, had already
0: already need to go over and listen to that one. That's been a good There one. was too much moisture in that thing, Watson. Yeah,
3: I know too much daggum moisture.
0: <laughs> well, don't eat it, it's all I got to tell you. It's pretty good to me. Don't talk about <laughs> it, be about it. <laughs> <laughs> that's our new podcast series that's coming out. Nick's <laughs> introducing. So, without further ado, you know, Nick, we've been talking about this one all the way back to the GON Outdoor Blast. Um, we met this gentleman and and right away became somebody that we could get along with he's right here in north georgia just like we are he's got ties that date back for five generations to a hardware store called Barnes hardware in Mableton, georgia uh cal hardy whitetail properties welcome to talk about it outdoors
4: appreciate y'all having me i'm i've been looking forward to it i've been a fan for a long time seriously been listening to y'all stuff for a while and Honored to be in the studio, in the Wilson studio. When like, he
2: came when we were I think it was the first day we were setting up before you had got there. I think Cal and um what was his name? Mike? Uh David. David. Yeah. They came by and I kind of motioned you guys and said, Hey, come over, we're gonna get you guys on the podcast. And then Alex took the reins and has been on board ever since talking yeah, to man. you guys. So yep.
0: Yeah, Cal has been somebody that I've talked to weekly for probably the last, I don't know, six weeks since we were at the G.O.N. Outdoor Blast. He'll text me pictures. He's been on a upland grouse rooster mountain chicken, chicken fight, whatever it is uh, that he's been doing. And I can't wait to hear all about that stuff. But for everybody that don't know Cal, why don't you take just a second and tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from and, and you know, where you grew up and just a little bit of history about you.
1: So I
4: was originally born Carrollton, Georgia, so – True West Georgia. Uh, went to school in Bremen, and that's where I call home. Little bitty small town, right off I twenty. Um, grew up hunting and fishing with my dad and hit uncles and grandpa, and grew up in a sporting goods store, so that didn't that didn't hurt either. Played sports through high school and through college, and then you know came into the workforce. Went to work for my family at the hardware store, and then hired on Whitetail Properties. So. How long
0: you been with White Properties? I
4: just. Last week was a little over a year. Oh
0: man! Yep. Well, I can't wait to hear all about that journey and how you got into it and what kind of transitions you into it from whatever aspect it may have been. But first and foremost, I want to go all the way back to the beginning for you. You know, where did it get started in the outdoors for you? Did it did it start with deer hunting or did it start with something else?
4: So my dad was a big fisherman. He he coached football down in Middle Georgia, out well, East Georgia, towards Augusta, and always fishing little farm ponds. I've got some pictures of me and him when he's hauling me around, tote me in the boat and we're sitting out there fishing these little farm ponds. Um, started deer hunting with him. I shot my first deer when I was seven years old. I could still, we've got it on video. It's all, he had it on video. It was a sweet little setup.
0: I'd say it was a big camera, but you're probably not old enough. It it wasn't wasn't the shoulder (laughs) camera. We had one, but it wasn't that one. No, we had, he had upgraded
4: to one of the small handhelds and, uh, it's funny because like going back and looking at it, we're just sitting in a little, basically just a, a a little food plot off of a hay field and we're sitting in metal folding chairs with hay bales stacked up in front of us. <laughs> I was a little bitty guy. I had a, a little mini 14, 223 with a big banana clip in it yep, and had yep. mushed down in the hay bale <laughs> so it wouldn't kick me too bad. <laughs> but it's so funny. I was asleep and he's got it on video. I was asleep in that folding chair and they had to wake me up when deer came out, little basket four point. And I shot him and just hammered him right there, laid him out, and then some expletives came from my dad and one of his buddies on video. And here I go running out through there, just like a kid at Christmas.
0: So was that? Did it? Did it really kick off for you there? Really spawned the really, for you? Yeah,
4: that's really when I got into it. You know, my dad grew up in in Middle Georgia in prime quail when when Bob White quail was you know at its peak in the South and we did a lot of wing shooting, a lot of dove shooting, um, been to a lot of quail plantations and hunting with my dad and my uncles and my grandpas on both sides of the family. So I've been very fortunate to grow up in a family that promotes you to being in and outdoors. Did, yeah. it,
0: really, did it really stay with deer hunting or did you start to transition into other things? I know you spent a lot of time with dogs and I can't wait to hear about your dog history and what you've done training them, but did y'all focus on that when you were a kid or did you get into the dogs later on in life
4: that was more so later on in life i like i said i grew up i mean I, I got to a point where i was playing sports i was playing baseball basketball and football i was playing three sports so i kind of got away from hunting for a while and then when i got back into college um is when i really started doing it i had a little bit of more time i could drive and go take myself places and that, and i've been out west i've I've been duck hunting. I've been I think I've hunted in something like twenty something different states. I've been real fortunate. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Travel and go, load the wagon, right? That's right. That's right. What would you prefer to do? I'd rather bird hunt all day long. Any type of bird. Yep. Upland, ducks, whatever. I'm actually on a quest to uh to harvest all forty one North American waterfowl species and I'm a little over halfway there right now.
0: So that's a that's an actual quest or yeah. or a slam. Well it's like a
4: slam. It's like a turkey slam or a Anything like that, you know? It's there's they've got a full list and geese. Sea you know ducks. them all. I'm about to say name <laughs> them. <laughs> I could I, I could I could probably rattle off a bunch of them, but I mean it's a lot of sea ducks that we don't necessarily get around here where I'm at. Buffalo heads. Is that a, is That's that considered a, a diver duck, not a sea duck? Deep water duck, yep. though, right? Yep.
0: And and what's the other one's Uh um uh redhead? Redhead canvasback. What happened?
3: <laughs> 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 I rather wrote a note to Caden.
0: Why is his feet stuck in that chair over? There? <laughs> he said his feet stink. Oh, good lord! <laughs> well, what's the well, you know what's your what's your one duck that you're after? Is it a banded merganser or some uh, bull crap? No, I don't know. I mean, no. well, you, I'm trying to take
4: out the whole list, but I think the one that's probably at the top of my list right now is a is a black duck, which they're primarily up in the north northeast, like New Jersey and a lot of that area saltwater marshes. So
0: you got it, several birds mounting. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
4: It looks like a petting zoo at my house. <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: awesome. Uh, well, so your duck's your your your
4: all-time favorite to hunt at all? Probably. Yeah. 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 What about the pheasant? How's that? So I'll be – I've only hunted pen race pheasant. I've never hunted wild pheasant. I'm actually going to South Dakota in November with, with my dad and my uncle. And so they're coming with me this time. You know, all those years that they hauled me around and carried all my stuff, roles have kind of reversed. They're getting up in age, and I'm toting all their stuff around. So – It'll be fun. I'll be driving them on the road trip, they'll be in the backseat.
2: A lot of people go to South Dakota. Is that probably one of the primary states that only you can For do that?
4: pheasant, that's kind of that's South Dakota's known for their pheasant population, which it's kind of taken a hit in the past few years just with weather and farming practice changes. But is that public land?
0: No, it'll be private. Gotcha. Pheasant uh, reconstruction or uh, reconstitution projects across the Midwest are a big thing now. They are um, with CRP programs. They'll even offer up farms to go into a, a phezzer, pheasant pheasant yeah. comfort. Good lord pheasant conservation program yeah,
4: it's like a walking hunter program
0: yep and iowa has, has started that when we started going there in 2013 there were no pheasants there they were but you just didn't see them now you kick one up out of a bush you know scare you to death yep. i will not never forget the first time dad and i walked across next to limke's farm pond there and kicked one up i thought something had me i'd never heard anything like that in my life
3: is that what that is in illinois up there where we went and scouted with it, it was like it, like it wasn't bird sanctuary but remember all that kind of yeah it's CRP it's mash? yeah
0: and it it <clears throat> what it is they plant it where there's there's droop uh plants like uh sunflowers or things that hang down to give them stuff to eat and i don't know what a well pheasant and it, it, it gives
4: it gives them uh it gives them cover too they they make sure there's cover because you know today's farmer practices they used to leave fence rows and fence rows are perfect cover for any type of small game bird like that and now they cut all the way up to the fence and harvest everything. You know, they're so efficient that it's it's changed a whole bunch. People got away from control burns, and that's a you know, huge benefit. Turkeys benefit from that as
0: well. And with the, the pheasant being more predominantly a pin-raised bird anymore, it became almost an aggravation to go hunt them in the wild for people. Yep,
4: yep. you spend more time walking than you do actually seeing any birds.
0: When we had uh, Matt
2: Drury on, he was talking <clears> about um, – I don't know the name of it, Alex will have to help me out, but the, the seed, that coating that's on the seed, they're thinking about it might be uh bad for the wild turkeys. Uh, oh yeah, like
4: I, when you in planting in yeah, planting. Have you
2: heard anything like that for the pheasant or quail? So
4: for the I think for the quail the biggest thing was the lack of habitat. But the seed I haven't heard anything like that on any of the other birds. What was the name of that? Do you
0: remember? No, it's a coating that they put on there. I don't mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. It's like an anti pesticide. And, and he said they had banned that in some other country correct yeah they banned it but they weren't they weren't for sure that it was affecting birds here yet they hadn't had enough testing on it and they were still doing some research on well, it. well they coat
4: see. those seeds just to keep them from rotting or keeping bugs getting in them when they're in storage more so than anything and they they plan a little bit better so
0: yeah now when you go into to your different seasons you know for us we've got turkey season in the spring, deer season in the fall, and those are our two predominant seasons here in Georgia. What birds can you hunt in Georgia besides ducks? So you've got geese. Mm-hmm. You know,
4: Georgia has a heavy population of resident Canada geese. Really? Yeah, I mean, probably that's one of our most plentiful waterfowl species in the state, I'd say. Um, anywhere you can find an ag field around here, you can usually find some.
0: Now, when you hunt geese, do you try to get near a field or you try to get near water?
4: It just depends. You got to you got to go scout, just like you do for deer. You got to see what they're using, when they're using it. Are they loafing it? Are they roosting there? Are they coming there to feed? Are they? <clears throat> you want to be in a flight path if they're coming off of a roost and they're coming to feed. You want to be on a flight path with your decoy. Is that way you can kind of cut them off, play traffic.
0: I mean, that's something I've never yeah, would, I mean, we don't had, that, and that's why I ask, because yeah. I have a lot of people that, you know, hunt geese. You see them here and, and ducks a lot, but you don't really see that much. We don't, I mean, because we don't do it. Yeah. So, you like dove hunting
4: too? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been – this is the first – I was in Colorado, and it was the first time I missed dove opener in probably 10 or 15 years, but that was a trip that I couldn't, you know, pass up. But I've hunted them the past three past three weeks, Now when, we're going tomorrow too. You so, dove hunt tomorrow. Yep.
0: Yeah. So when you go looking for uh your number one time of the year, what is it? What's your favorite time to go? I mean, what's the opening day for you? I, I know you're not that big of a deer hunter, so what's the opening well, day? Well, I
4: mean, opening day for Georgia waterfowl season is normally for for big ducks is uh is usually in November. So, you know, mm-hmm. you've got a lot quite a bit of time cuz y'all've already been what, archery season open what 2 weeks ago. Yep. Mm-hmm and y'all been going at it hard, that's getting the peak of y'all's rut when we're just starting.
0: Wow. Why is it so late? Is that when the migration starts? Well, we're
4: you got to think how far south we are. Like, there's North Dakota and South Dakota. Their early goose opened in the middle of August. Okay. Because you think okay. the birds are traveling. As winter gets mm-hmm. colder, they're traveling south for their wintering grounds, and we're one of the last stops. And I'm not going to say we're in a big flyway either. Have you Have you hunted a lot of the Midwest? I have. Mississippi River? I have. Um, How is it compared to Georgia? Arkansas, Mississippi, Minnesota, Kansas. A lot of those birds that have historically come down that Mississippi flyway into Arkansas, Mississippi, Louisiana, I think they've shifted west a little bit just to avoid some pressure. Because Kansas, Kansas, Oklahoma, and North Texas have been wearing them out over the past few years.
2: I was listening to a podcast the other day with the Robertsons on there, and they were talking about how how tough it was in Louisiana because they're getting the last of – all yeah. the scared birds. Yeah. Have you ever hunted Louisiana?
4: I have not. I've hunted Mississippi, but not Louisiana. But, yeah, you got to think. They've seen every trick in the book from Canada all the way down to Louisiana, and that's the last stop. Yeah. They've seen it all by then. They're so skittish. That's what Martin
2: was saying, how tough it was out there, that people really didn't realize what how much effort, because he was talking like they once they go to uh, their duck blind, they would stay there all day.
4: Oh, yeah, you hunt he, all day.
2: Oh, you do? Yeah. You it, do it, too? There's
4: been times like we hunted – kansas the last week of january last year and we did we shot a eight-man limit of mallards that day but we shot most of our birds between two and three o'clock they it, you it said was, the same blind or you move no we sat in the same spot on the river from an hour before daybreak <laughs> sure. to four o'clock y'all got one of those kitchens in the bottom like oh everybody? we had the buddy heaters we actually <laughs> ordered pizza and they delivered it out to the road, and we ate pizza in the blind. <laughs> nice.
0: Yep. Oh me, that's, awesome. that's
2: good some one. of them people. Some of the people's blinds that you see on TV or social media—they oh, have like a full man. kitchen. Yeah, and all. they got
0: bedrooms
4: in those there. They'll <laughs> camp and just <laughs> those walk big outside pit blinds. They've got some of those that are you know it's got you've got your shooting platform, which is all where you go out and actually see the birds and shoot. But then behind it, they'll have if it's on water, they'll have boat slips where you can pull your boat in there. But a lot of them they'll have living rooms and full kitchens shoot part of part of that is just being there with camaraderie with all your buddies that's like our camp you know yeah. that's like the deer camp that's yeah. a waterfowl camp you're sitting in there cooking breakfast and y'all just rotate take turns who's gonna eat who's gonna cook who's gonna shoot that's it <laughs> so when that's did it. you
2: start like before you started going getting really serious about birds did you start joining like a clay club or what, sporting club not
4: not really uh I, that was later in life when i I could afford it. Yeah. I mean, I actually had some of my own money and could pay for it myself. But um, just – it was periodically we'd go shoot before Dove opener a little bit to kind of break the rust off. And then from Dove opener until the end of January, you know, you kind of hard after it.
2: Some of these high schools offer uh, shooting clubs now, They right? do. Yeah. That
4: used to be only when I was in high school you had to be in 4-H to do that and they had the shooting team. But now a lot of these – they're offering it just like the fishing teams. Like, yeah. That wasn't a thing when we were when I was coming up.
2: I know that's so good. I mean, like our buddy Hunter up in Blairsville, he's on he's on a shooting. Our team he was on a shooting team before he graduated, but yeah, that's that's
4: and they're giving scholarships for that too, which is awesome. I love that.
2: Yeah, I know uh, Georgia Southern's got a big program, I believe,
1: mm-hmm.
4: and kids. a lot of the a lot of the schools up the Atlantic coast in kind of some of the rural areas, some of the ag schools. I know Auburn's got a good one. Virginia Tech's got a good one. Um and so a couple other schools up that Atlantic coast.
2: Do, Do you, you go ahead? Go ahead. Do you think that changed once you started shooting in those? Do you think that helped helped you a lot going through the duck hunting and stuff? How to lead yeah. them? And oh, all
4: yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, it's just like anything else. Like you practice shooting your bow. The more sure. you shoot it, the more comfortable you get with it. And there, you'll be in a certain situation where you've shot this target this many times. You know, left to right, right to left, going away from you, coming to you, and you kind of familiarize yourself. But Also, with shotgun, most of the time, you got three shots at it.
2: Well, and that's a good thing. That's that's kind of thing like bow hunting or golf. You're competitive with yourself, so you just want to strive to be better. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You're not not competing with nobody else, really.
4: Well, I've shot in some of those competitions and just got absolutely dusted. There's some of those people that come up there. It's like playing golf. That's all they do, though. Yeah, Yeah. but you ride around and you shoot, what, 100 targets. Some of them guys shoot 98 out of 100 and be mad at themselves. I'm talking about really pulling their hair out because they didn't shoot 100 out of 100. I'm shooting in the 60s, maybe, you know. What, a, what, is,
2: what is a good average? Is there is there a good average? Well, so
4: there's like there's – a, there's a beginner class, intermediate, whatever. But, I mean, if I was to go shoot right now, I'd probably shoot in the 70s on an intermediate level. Yeah.
0: 35, baby, 35. I, if I got out of there,
2: I'd be doing great. So for, for most people that don't know, if you go to a skeet shooting place, I don't know how many people have done it before. Like if you go to Garland Mountain or Etowah.
4: Well, Garland local, Mountain is – is sporting clays. So there's skeet, trap, and then sporting clays. Whereas, you know, they've got the high house, low house, where they shoot stuff back and forth, and you move around station to station. And they have trap where everything goes away from you, and it's like a, a wobble trap where they shoot everything away from you. And then sporting clays is more of a true hunting situation. they got rabbits. They've got, like, wild birds, flushes coming away from you, decoying birds coming to you, right to left, left to
0: right. I, th- I never I never knew yeah. that right there that there was different types I didn't know of either. that. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. Well either.
4: that Olympic like Olympic shooting, they have Olympic skeet and Olympic trap. They don't do sporting clays. Sporting clays is something that a redneck created. Here <laughs> boys
0: chunkies.
2: Yeah. Well <laughs> if you go up there, I don't know, you know, have you been before uh-uh. the garland? to no, Etowah? Been been been. It's Mm-mm. a lot of fun. I mean you go around from station to station. And they give you this uh, little card, and you and you stick in this little like remote almost, right? Yep. And tell me if I'm wrong. Yep. You stick it in there, and you get one test run. Usually, I, I think you can get multiple, but mm-hmm. you hit it for the test run, and you can see, You can usually tell by the trees which way the bird or the targets, the targets coming, coming yeah. out. You know, and you can see, and then they'll give you a test run. And then you guys go, and then. Yep. Take your turn. So Do you shoot
0: at the test run or you,
2: no, you no, no, just no, no. throw it. Well, up? I mean if you wanted to, but it's just there for you and your it, buddies to know which way it's, it's going. It's
4: just like golf. You go hole to hole. Yep. You come up to a station, it'll you've got your test and it, it usually has instructions so it'll have like a report pair. So the a report pair is when the first one throws and you shoot, somebody's holding the remote, and as soon as you shoot, they throw the second one. Or they have a true pair where they shoot both targets at the same time. And you're only allowed two shells, technically. When you're running in competition, you're not allowed that third shell.
3: Yeah, that one I shot at was down south, Red Oak Plantation. Yep, yep, yep. I shot an 84 there, first time ever. That's awesome. Pretty well, your gun or a gun you yeah, rented? Remington 870, 20 gauge. Yeah, pump out there, just boom,
4: boom, out there with a boat anchor. I shot. I borrowed a mm-hmm. 20
2: gauge in that Etowah one. That Etowah one's pretty cool, um, but I borrowed a 20 gauge from there and shot good. I shot a 12 gauge at Garland Mountain, which I rented from them for work. We went on a work event, but I didn't do that good.
3: Yeah. It's a lot of fun. It
2: is a lot I of fun. It. it
4: is. Well, it, and Garland Mountain has really, really good food too. I go up there just to eat sometimes. They so yeah. got good food.
0: Yeah, they do. It's a nice place. It is. I've never, never been there for really? for eating. Now you live right down just, the street. Mm-hmm. Well, never, I can't shoot. Never, never, yeah, you can. No, I can't. I'm gonna go ahead and tell you. When I was a kid, my dad would give us one shell, a twenty two shell. That we got to shoot with. If we went squirrel hunting, we got that shell. That's it. We didn't have – I did not personally have a shotgun until I was 20 years old. Really? I had my first personal shotgun. Now, I would go out to the chicken house with dads or whatever, but I did not own a shotgun until I was 20 years old. And Cody loves it with all his heart.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
4: Hey, I've still got my first one. And like I said earlier, I was a a little kid. I was always on the smaller side. I've got a little Remington 870, 28-gauge. They cut the barrel down, and they cut the the stock is only like eight inches. Mm-hmm. And it is the loudest gun that I own. I bet with that But, I mean, it, is, it looks like one you'd have under a counter, and I've still got it. I shot my first bird with it. My brother did, and my sister did.
3: Well, I'll tell you, I showed up that 870 and got out of the truck. And they laughed and at you. And everybody's there with them over and under, double-ported <laughs> blue chokes <laughs> hanging out the end of them things, probably $5,000 guns. You I, might as well. Hey, I outshot a lot of them boys though.
4: Some of them guys got guns. Those Cesar Garini's they get up twenty grand plus, which is insane. They got
3: they got rigs. Them them golf carts they got rigs with gun holders and stuff on them. And I mean it's just ridiculous.
2: Yep.
4: You prefer twelve or twenty? I actually shoot a sixteen. Oh really? Yep.
3: That's, a, that's a, my dad grew up bird hunting. That's what he shoots. I, my oh, great okay.
4: granddaddy on my dad's side had a um, he had a Browning with the old humpbacks so the one with the big the whole barrel recoils and everything
0: automatic yep yeah
4: uh i call them auto fives um it was a standard 16 1948 made in belgium and he left that to my dad when he died and my dad sent it back to browning and had it completely redone and we've never put a shell in it since and i've always wanted one i always wanted one so i went to a pawn shop and i found one and i bought one and then when browning re-released the new style ones it's a lower hump inertia system um, I think I've got three of them now. And that's what I shoot. I shoot a 16 all year round.
0: I've got a 16. It was my grandpa's. It was yep. his. He gave it to me. It's just a double barrel, probably old Sears probably, or whatever. Yeah, I mean, Sears a,
4: and Robo or a Fox.
0: It's it's not stamped or anything with any markings, I mean, but I've got it. Yep. But I've got a rabbit ear 12 that I've never shot. They say you need only shoot paper shells in it. A lot of
4: them, they used to shoot paper shells. And a lot of those old Brownings, if you're, they were like – I think it's either two and nine sixteenths or two and seven to sixteenths shells because that's what they made. They didn't make two and three quarters. Mm. So if you find one, you have to send it to somebody and they'll fix it and lengthen the receiver on it. Do you reload? I don't. I should. It'd be way cheaper because as much as I spend on shells. Well, I don't know
0: about right now with primers as high as they are. I mean, it's hard to get. Everything's crazy.
4: You
2: don't have a hard time finding those 16?
4: So there's one company called Boss Shot Shells. They're out of Michigan. And they make uh, copper-plated bismuth shells. And they they run stuff all the time. And it's one of those little companies where you can call up there and a human picks up the phone, and they'll tell you what they have on the production line. And I'm a big proponent of them. It's non-toxic, so I can shoot it at waterfowl. But, I mean, I ordered a pallet um earlier this (laughs) summer that way i made sure i was gonna have some
0: so if you're going for your your one pick of guns to hunt with if you had one pick it would be a 16 yeah
4: brown and sweet 16 and
0: that's what you duck hunting all with
4: i've still i mean i've got a 12 gauge it just depends like if i'm going on one of these trips where i'm going to be a long way away from home and if something happens to where i my ammunition gets lost or if somebody you need extra gun i'll take a 12 gauge because that's what most people are going to shoot not, if I'm gonna be around the house or if I'm driving my own rig and I can carry my own stuff, I want shoot a sixteen
0: Browning most of your shotguns almost all of them really yep why <laughs> i mean i'm I'm just curious that's just
4: what i've I grew up on that's what my dad shot that's what my grandpa shot It's just what I've known that's what I got used to is' what mm-hmm. what I grew up shooting
0: oh yeah I mean i'm I'm all about owning one mm-hmm. type of gun I mean I'm a Ruger, Ruger rifle. Man, yeah, yeah yep. I mean hey some of those
4: Ruger red label over and unders those old ones are some of the sweetest shooting low guns.
0: Now, when you have an over and under, and I guess the curiosity for me comes into this because I've never owned one. Mm-hmm. I think Dad may have one. It's just a whatever, just old knock around shotgun. Yeah. But do you have a like a full and a so you extra can full on each barrel, or is it both? You do you run both the same full, or you now, run more?
4: Normally, when most folks traditionally, they're going to shoot a more open pattern on their bottom barrel. 'Cause you shoot your bottom barrel first, there's less recoil off the bottom barrel than there is off the top barrel. The muzzle doesn't jump as much. And then on the top barrel, they'll shoot a tighter pattern because normally whatever you're shooting on the second shot, it's farther away. Okay. And I shoot I shoot improved cylinder and modified. Unless I'm waterfowl hunting, then I shoot full. But I don't shoot over and under waterfowl hunting.
0: Just automatic. Yep. What kind of choke?
4: I've got a mixture Briley's, True Lock, Rob Roberts. Um and then whatever the ones that come with the guns, <laughs>
0: <laughs> we way over
4: our head with all them. Well, I mean, it's because <laughs> well, you of them jelly heads. <laughs> <laughs> you got no, the The sixteens, the There's only a few companies that make aftermarket chokes for them, and I like extended chokes just for the simple fact they're easier to get in and out. Because I've had guns where the choke tube gets you know welded in the end of the barrel if you don't clean it. Mm-hmm. I'm notorious for not necessarily cleaning them. They're users not trophy yeah. pieces but true lock is one of the only people that makes those 16
2: have you tried uh jibs
4: i've shot one jibs out of a one of my dad's old beretta he's got a 24 inch beretta with a, a it's probably a six. it looks like a six inch choke tube one of those ported choke tubes coming out of the end of that thing he, he shoots that thing waterfowl hunting too yeah. which is so crazy he said I can sit here and I can cover every end. He can cover from ten to two with one shot. That barrel's so short.
2: <laughs> I got a Jeb's choking my turkey gun. Yep. Yeah. head? No, it's just Jeb straight up. Okay. Yeah. Take yep. us through.
0: Uh, take us through a, a trip out west to kick up some of those grouse and, I, I guess upland sports and I, I guess it's considered yep. upland game yep. birds. It's often been considered a a gentleman's sport, uh, really. I mean, you usually see the guys dressed in nice clothes out there, walking and kicking up birds and everything. But take us through a scenario for that, because I've never been. I've never really known anyone that went out west for it. So how do you go about getting into it or take us through the entire hunt there? So that was
4: my first time I've ever been out west upland hunting at all. I've only shot quail in Georgia at home or – Alabama down in the south I had never been on anything other than that so it was totally new to me but um, I bought a dog I have a buddy that's in Denver that's a dog trainer and I sent my dog to him to train she's been there for the past three months and so every year they have they go out and have a grouse camp I mean we're 20 miles deep in the national forest tent camping and camper I have one camper and they've been doing this for like 10 or 15 years and so he invited me you know i was tickled to death to go and like you said load the wagon and ride let's go That's right. 17 hours first day and you know it's just me by myself i'm just riding out through there but you know in upland hunting a lot of folks that they do it for the dogs the, watching the dog work they a lot of these folks especially older folks they don't care if, how many birds they shoot they want to go out and watch their dog run and you know, successfully point birds where they can go up and even have just an opportunity to shoot them. Yeah, I think we're on public ground shooting wild birds that have been hunted already this year, so it was, it was, it was a lot for me. Yeah. We, we walked. I bet I walked twenty miles in three days,
0: <laughs> and I was wore out. It's briar not, pants or briar breeches? Well, on it, there's it, no no, is, no briars, it's sagebrush.
4: Okay. So. But still, these little short legs trying to step over that sagebrush, <laughs> boy,
3: my hips was hurting. It's like Alex and canola. Uh, yeah, it was rough.
4: Killed me. Yeah, but dogs. So I got you know you got GPS collars, so you can control them, see where your dogs are. Uh, my dog, she put in nine miles in the first half day hunt, and then twenty one miles and twenty one miles back to back days. Is
0: <sighs> yeah. her feet raw?
4: No, she actually she actually did held up Had pretty well. Pass. She's a little dog. She's a little Brittany. She's only about. Thirty pounds, so yep. not a whole bunch of weight, not like a big dog, like a German short hair or something, but some of those dogs man it's insane they're they're hunting out six, seven hundred yards in front of you, and they'll go on point and they'll stay there until you can get there and sometimes it takes
0: a few minutes to get there now that's a curious question that comes to mind with a dog collar like we run for squirrel dogs you have a you can, whether a dog's barking or not, that collar when they're looking up it shows treed. Does those GPSs show them when they're on point, or do so they just stop moving?
4: When the dog stops moving for a certain amount of time, you'll get a notification that will yep. say it's on point. Are you running Garmin's? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm running. It's a Garmin Alpha. It's the same thing. You can set them for a okay. You can I set them. To, I
0: mean, I, I'm not hoping my dogs don't start pointing to be armadillos or possums on yeah. the ground. But you know, you can
4: change the settings based yep. on what type of dog it is. If it's a if it's a hound or like. Same thing because they do it with mountain lions. They run the same type of collars,
0: right? Well, and the dog's up looking yep. up, and exactly. it starts now. Those those collars, they're something else like that. Is crazy. Is that's so crazy. That's the first time you've ran one.
4: It's the first one, first one that I had actually owned myself. Yeah, you
0: know? when I was when I was coming up, and Nick as well, we had the old. Uh, what were the uh, what was the brand of um, tracking systems we had? They'll wick trackers that had the antennas that folded oh, really? out. Every, oh yeah, they yeah. were hell. They was aluminum. It looked like a, a an antenna off the house. Yeah, like the ones that they shocked the
4: fish with. That yep. Are tracking you, fish trackers. And it would with. you would
0: point it and it would beep when yep. it got in their direction. And I remember the first Garmin that Dad brought home. I thought,
1: what How's is that this? You know,
0: and it was a little handheld. It was the uh, it wasn't the Astro. Um, it was the. Uh, but it was
4: that little the straight stick basically. Yep. And yeah. it was
0: it was so compact to use and it would literally show the direction it had a compass on it mm-hmm. and it, it would say the dog's this way or whatever way it mm-hmm. was and then of course we went into the alphas and now they've got you can have it in your truck and a lot of dog hunters down yep. south running yep. deer they'll run them on the screen yeah, they'll run them on in their truck yep. headed and they've got the mapping system on it they're right. headed through their entire hunting club they can tell you exactly where it's at and yep. It'll tell you what's public
4: what's private and mm-hmm. then they've got them now to where it, they have an application called InReach, to where if you're out somewhere where you don't have phone service it then turns into a satellite phone where you can send a sos or send out a text message or a call um but those collars, I mean, like the the handheld you can run like up to a hundred dogs oh, yeah. on one handheld.
0: Yeah, the al the new alpha um the the two hundred. Yeah. Is it the two hundred the I new think so. one? It's got shock and does yours have shock on it. So mine's
4: got actually my I can program it however I want to, but it's got three hard buttons and then it's a touch screen. Yeah. But it's um I can do it's uh you can set it to continuous shock or momentary shock tone and vibrate
0: yeah and you've got the actual built-in gps okay so far oh it has it's, oh, it's unreal it's, i mean it'll blow your mind i mean because i know you you need to go and watch dad's collar i mean he say, Yeah, well, she's 428 yards she's over next to melvin's house or yeah. whatever it is could, yep. who that guy that owns that property over there she's right on the edge of it Up, oh, she's fixing a tree she's look up oh, she's tree you can, can hear you put
2: your could you put your own x or a uh, hunt stand whatever you use on there no,
0: uh, no it's not you important. can drop your own pins though through mm-hmm. that app you can use tracks. I mean, you can yeah. that dog. And I'm sure y'all ran them because that's how how you yeah. can tell how far they've been. You can tell everywhere that dog's been. And it's by so the end cool. of a hunt, it's probably looking like yeah. a, a a zigzag line up and down. And so. that's the
4: thing too with the with the Garmin's. They've got the watch now to where what you don't even have to look at your handheld. You can just look at your watch and it tell you on your watch. You can drop a pin for like you had a covey flush right here, and then you can go back and enter all the information. It's so so it's I advanced. had to watch a YouTube video to oh, learn yeah, how to operate yeah. the thing. Yeah.
0: they're they're pretty pretty far advanced. And did did those old timers out there use those or did they? Well,
4: most of the guys that we were hunting with are, I mean, they're they were younger. I okay. mean, they were forties or younger. Okay. So it was good. It was it was so cool too. like you get out there and you see other hunters and there's like one guy or two guys they'll be out there running a couple dogs and we had six guys running ten dogs at a time. So like. It was we were covering some ground, man. It was really cool.
0: What was the the scenery like for you? Because I know you showed me. Oh, a few, you yeah. some pictures. Yeah, that's that what you cool. said. You
4: could stretch out a dog. I mean, you could see oh, as far I did. I was, as you could it, see, I was man. Like, man,
0: you could stretch it out. And I was actually talking about coyotes stretching yeah. out a coyote there, but it was <laughs> dude. It would be unreal. I mean, it was unbelievable to me how far you could see. Yeah,
4: I mean, when you get up on some of them high points, I mean, and had water running through there, it was just. And the first morning I woke up. This is in. This is the first weekend in September. First morning I woke up, it was 27 degrees. 27 degrees. And then by 4 o'clock, it was 90. <laughs> yeah, I remember. <laughs> a little swing
3: what, there. Uh, what part of Colorado, just like eastern? So Colorado. we were
4: northwest Colorado, like uh, a okay. steamboat.
3: Yep. Around that area. Yep. I just got back from there last week. Is yeah. there
4: anything
2: Had to get some milk.
4: as far as uh, <laughs> upland bird that you haven't hunted that you want to hunt? Oh, there's a whole bunch. Because, you know, we were after – we were after – Sharp-tailed grouse and blue grouse, and we didn't even get to harvest any blue grouse It's a little bit different terrain the blue grouse are more of a mountain that's up in the trees, kind of like a rough grouse and then they have uh have sage grouse um uh rough grouse what was that Hungarian one you said? partridge yeah they that's the one that was. Himalayan, that one. himalayan snowcock uh pheasant they've got like six different subspecies of quail.
0: did you bring you back to get mounted?
4: no, I ate them all really yeah was they the grill. yeah we, uh, we Wasn't went, tough? No, uh-uh, uh-uh. It's a, and those, those well, the sharptails there, it's a red meat, but um, it was very, very tender. It was it was kind of a in-between of a turkey, that white meat off of a turkey, mm-hmm. and like the red, red meat off of a goose or a duck. It was right in-between there. It was really, really good. When we Took it medium rare.
2: When we were up in uh, Maine turkey hunting, the guys that we went with, that we met up there, they said they go up to Upper State, Maine, and they hunt a... Uh, partridges yeah he said they just get out on these dirt roads yep and just start walking they'll jump them up and shoot them yep he said by the time they get done that day they're they will show me pictures their arms would be black and blue they'd be shooting so much really so well
4: that's the thing i don't know what the bag limit is in every state's you know different on bag limit on what you can harvest and it's insane like it's just so diverse and the terrain is so diverse like a Like, if you're going to go rough grouse hunting or woodcock hunting, you're walking through basically bramble bushes and scrub oaks and everything, walking through just the thickest stuff. I don't even know how you would shoot. And where we were at, it was just as wide open as far
0: as you could see. Now, when those grouse hit the ground, do they run like a pheasant does?
4: Well, the ones that I shot didn't hit the ground. They weren't running when they That's the right, because y'all
0: got dogs when y'all kick yeah. them up. Did y'all yeah. kick any that the dogs didn't find we, up? Uh, the
4: dogs flushed most of them, it was, and it was a the thing with those grouse is what they, they called it, which was a new term to me. They called it a popcorn flush, where one would get up or two would get up, and then they said, you just stay ready because they'll continuously just get up like popcorn popping on the stove.
0: Huh. Wow. Yeah. What was That's the bag cool. limit? Well, all right, here, here. How do you tell? Let's say you've shot a sharp tail and you've shot – this one. How do you tell the difference? That's so, my biggest thing. Same yeah. with ducks. Yeah, I've always wondered
4: <laughs> a, a blue grouse or a dusky grouse. So there was only going to be, where we were, there was only going to be three birds in that terrain that it could have been. It was going to be a sage grouse, which is a huge bird. It's like a, I mean, it's, it's a big bird, like the size mm-hmm. of a basketball. And then those sharp tails are like the size of a little banny rooster, a little small chicken. Um, and then the, the blue grouse are about the same size, but they are a lot darker.
0: So you can tell when they flush. See, I was worried about that too. And I was
4: like, look, I don't want to shoot the wrong thing uh, because sage-grouse wasn't in season for a whole other week. So we had to worry about that. You don't want to just – got to identify what you're shooting at before you just go to shooting. Right. But luckily we didn't – for me, we (laughs) didn't run into any other species. So I I was letting them rip. Well, let's go back to
0: duck hunting for a minute. All right. We don't really duck hunt. So that's always been a curiosity thing for me. How do you – can you kill a male and a female duck? Yeah, of different species too. How do you tell? I mean, them ducks flying by at ninety mile an hour. How do you tell a wood duck from a? Um, I don't know what's them other ones. Uh, Drake like or, mallard, or, or mallard?
4: You take a mallard, Drake, a greenhead. That's, yeah. that's so. How do you tell did. the difference?
0: I mean, when they're size,
4: coming... size, wing beat um, sounds.
0: <laughs> yeah. Boom. 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 You ever go? You ever go stand in those? Uh,
2: swamps and what's them ducks that you see like a local swamp around here wood ducks wood ducks yeah that's that's
4: Georgia's number one duck that's, that's the ones a, that's hard that's, what's, what's that's the, a, they haul ass don't they pin
3: pin
0: they, pin tails yeah,
4: right very few you'll get some occasionally but that's more of a, a midwest or uh california they like rice
0: that that merganser yeah that's a fish duck and they're pretty they are, are you talking about a hooded merganser yes yeah a man they are beautiful. but they are
4: not fit to eat Really? Yep. Because they eat snails and fish and all this other stuff. They ain't ain't hardly worth it. Favorite hitting.
2: thing to eat. At, favorite bird so far that you've tried? Upland or water?
4: I like pheasant. I got a I got an uncle that he makes um like a Brunswick stew, but he puts pheasant in it. Oh my gosh, it's killer. I've yeah. ate
0: pheasant and it is good. All pheasants white and ducks pheasant's dark.
4: White most yeah ducks gonna be dark. Quail's white. Um, now, some of the other ones, I don't know. I don't like that dark, I'd man. rather eat a wild turkey. Wild turkey breast is some of the most pristine meat, in my, in my opinion. But that okay, Alex?
2: Uh, uh, you, I, you, you could have some good, you 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 good turkey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as, much as you like, like it or not. As much as you like bird, how come you don't turkey hunt much?
4: I just never got into it. It was always during baseball season. Gotcha. And I played baseball all the way through college. So, that's the thing with waterfowl hunting. It's in the off-season for baseball. Okay and i had never i had never waterfowl hunted my entire life until i got to college one of my teammates took me in college and boy
0: wrecked your
3: life yeah that's wrecked the, my bank account that's <laughs> the reason i've never been i've been invited and i'm like nope yeah, yeah, I don't know I, don't, I like it. I don't need another hobby myself. Do no. you
0: have you ever been in them duck and I think I've asked you this before, but like opening day when all them duck boats is out there racing each other uh, to the spots. I
4: got more sense than that.
0: That's crazy. It is. I, I know people that do it. Them old boys running over each yeah, other nearly and stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's going insane. going back through And their- it
4: happens every year. But and you know, most of that happens in Arkansas on public ground. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those places have taken some safety precautions to where They've got it set up to where you can come into the, into the area, like the boat ramp, two or three days in advance and get in line and sleep there. And then they let, at a certain time, they let you start putting boats in the water. And then they have basically like a telephone pole out in the water. And you can start getting in single file line right there. And a game warden lets, lets people go one by one. Wow. To prevent some of that.
0: But some of them are still just... Get here when you get here, and good luck. What's the one up in Tennessee that's uh, is it real, real foot? foot? Yeah, yeah,
4: where that guy got shot, then two guys got shot last year. Oh, I mm-hmm. didn't
0: know. Oh,
4: yeah, he killed. Yes, y'all ain't heard that. Uh-uh. Oh, that was no. a whole big deal. Yes, that was a big, I think Steve had done a
2: big podcast with that guy it was, about it.
4: Yeah, old oh, man, so don't quote me on this word for word. There's a big article about it, but it was a uh, an older gentleman had approached these younger kids in a, in the blind and came in their they were in the boat. Were, it, it, it was yeah, in a boat yeah. inside the blind, in like the boathouse, one of those pull-in blinds, because foot has permanent blinds that you can ha- pass down from family to family from generation to generation. And um, this man, I don't know if he was – the dementia or something was kicking in or if he was having some type of mental issues, but he went in there and shot two of them boys
0: dead. After mysterious deaths of three Tennessee hunters. Yeah. He shot them on the boat. The other guy shot him, shot him back. And the, yeah, there's three he, guys in
4: the blind. Three
2: guys in the blind. Two of them died, I think.
4: Yeah. One of them, and then the shot old
2: man died. And the old man jumped out, so did the other guy. And I think they end up finding the old man. He'd made it to the bank. He's dead by then. Yeah, and I I don't know how I don't know. Oh young God. the young kid under yeah yeah like, the, like he he said twenty something years old. He said to something like, "Can I can I come on? Can I hunt with y'all?" And they're like, "Yeah, come on." He come on with them.
4: Yeah. One shot. of them went back there to the back of the blind and like. There's a there's a very, very detailed where the one guy that survived, they interviewed him.
0: This is it here, Crabtree. Yeah this is the gentleman's name. Yep.
4: And it, it, it's it's a good read. It's it's worth reading anyway. Stephen
2: has got a podcast too, I believe, on Meat Eater about it.
4: It was a crazy, crazy deal. Wow.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Over a duck, <laughs> over a duck, yeah. I mean, nobody's life is had to be a something wrong with that. There'd be something wrong with that guy, or yeah, they
3: just losing his mind or something. That's
2: crazy. You, n- you never know what the backstory. No, was. I mean yeah. they could they could have had a bad boat ramp experience,
1: and yeah, they uh, could have. Uh, sh- well, I mean, I'm people, not saying I'm not saying that, but they
4: argue shooting swing ducks or shooting somebody else's ducks or yeah. calling off other people's ducks while they're working it, on. It could have been something that happened two months prior to that. I, yeah, I, you know, exactly. You know you don't, I don't know the whole backstory, but. That was a it was a tragic deal. Sad
3: situation out right there. Yep. Um
2: I ate some duck one time. Somebody had some duck burger made.
4: Oh, that sounds terrible. It was
2: the worst thing I ever I'm my sure. Life.
4: I'm sure cuz in my opinion ducks are made for if you're going to cook them right, it's got to be medium rare. Like up, like you cook it like a steak. Oh, really? That's how I cook mine. Just take most the breast the out. Yep, that's how and work. that's the only thing. Or a lot of people they'll pluck them whole and leave the fat on, and the fat kind of cooks into them, and they'll stuff them like a turkey. I just don't like dark meat. I, I just taste I, like I liver.
2: Like, yeah, I don't like
3: dark chicken. Yeah, I'm yeah. not a big dark meat. Yeah,
4: I will say if you're something that I like personally, if I'm going to cook them, most of what we're shooting around here is wood ducks. I'm going to pluck the breast. And then fillet the breast off and leave the fat, leave the skin on, and it adds, it holds a lot more flavor and it holds some of the moisture where it doesn't get dried out. Because if you overcook duck, it's like eating fried liver. How many bands you got? None. What? Not a single. And you ain't no one. duck hunter. Not a single <laughs> <He ain't>. one,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
4: Mister No, no Band. Single one, man. That's
2: is that that's only on geese, all right? No, that no, sometimes they, that's do, on ducks. Shoot, it they
4: do them on ducks. They do them on doves. Oh, really? They do them on all types of fowl. But you got to uh, get you a rope, a lanyard hanging know, down, right? and you're behind. I know. I know. <laughs> I've, I've, I've killed quite a few, but I haven't shot any bands yet. You
3: got some turkey bands over here? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> no uh, Is that a thing?
2: Not, not many. Banded, no, turkey? They, no. do, they do them, but I don't think it's not many. They, they do, not like they, you know, do
4: yeah, they, do they do waterfowl. They do waterfowl. They do neck collars. They do electronic transmitters where they track their flight and migration patterns. And um, But Uh, Over the past, I know last year they didn't even do hardly any banding because of COVID. They didn't even do the waterfowl study where they kind of estimate what the breeding populations and everything are because of COVID.
2: Now, do you have duck ground around here other than the big
4: lakes? Yeah, I got a couple little beaver swamps that I've got leased up. Now, isn't there,
2: correct me if I'm wrong, and I don't know how to exactly ask this, but isn't there a way to make like almost like food plots them like there is there's yeah. way to put stuff yeah. in the water absolutely
4: for them. so a lot of these people that do that that you see they have a water control structure so they have some type of water and they have a way that they can manipulate the levels whether it be a, a, a tube with a riser in it where you uh-huh. can control the water levels mm-hmm. and they'll drain the water out and then plant during the growing season yeah and then flood back and then close it back up and let the water fill back up
2: gotcha now do you put in at the place you go do you put any stations out for them or any kind of like well them like posts they put up Bird with plat- boxes. Yeah, do you yeah, put that so stuff most up? Most
4: of the stuff that we're hunting around in Georgia is wood duck, so we do put wood duck boxes up yeah. uh, around some of the area. It just gives them somewhere to kind of get away from some of the predators and whatnot.
2: Gotcha. But no feed like feed troughs or whatever. No,
3: yeah, you get in trouble for that. <laughs> 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 even even off-season. That's <laughs> federal. Yeah, is off- off- a federal mm-hmm. offense. I mean, that's but even for off season you can't feed them? No.
4: Really? Uh, you can plant you can plant crops, but you can't dump Feed. No kidding. no kidding. No kidding. No kidding. You want it. It's not like when the feds come out, they don't just write you a ticket. They take your gun. They take your you license. They feed them. No, this ain't the park. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I didn't talk about while
4: you're hunting. I'm just talking about in
1: general. Here,
0: have you some of that sunbeam. <laughs> I'm just talking about not not while you're hunting. I'm Spitting just talking sun about in general. Far
4: out there. No, yeah. the biggest thing is just trying to have natural aquatic vegetation. They have some, like Japanese millet is a big thing. Any small seeds that, um, that'll that grow in water or areas that hold a lot of water um, are more prevalent. <laughs> rice, rice is a big thing. You didn't <laughs> know, know that. Either. I was about to say, I didn't Quit know either. Y'all, them, y'all gonna be under the jailhouse.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Me and Alex, I got permission to hunt a piece of ground. We were coyote hunting and they said, yeah, that's fine until... Certain this time of year, because then they had control. They flooded all of it yep. for, and they had blinds set up. And
0: would we was there one so, night coyote hunting in the middle of this field, and I heard water coming. They'd actually release the floodgates near the ground. <laughs> no. This is old it brother against the story. Oh, oh, oh dang. Uh, <laughs> they had big culvert
3: pipes with, with big yep. slo- slide gates, and yep. you could see where they was just holding water back.
4: They've the got some of those that it's it's got a like a spin slide gate where you can crank it up and crank it down, and then they've got some where you open up a lid and you put boards in there, and different boards will control the water level to this place man some of those places out in the midwest are it's insane there's a guy that i follow on um on socials his his name's the duck farmer and some of the work that he does i mean it it'll blow your mind away he'll turn up just a block of woods into a daggum timber hole where he can control the water he can hunt it flush the water out of it and have fresh water within a couple days
0: why do you think duck hunting has became so prevalent as a hobby sport in the south
4: it's not I'm it's more so uh social I think you don't have to spray with scent killer you don't have to be quiet you can stomp around cut up and have fun and it's a little bit more fast-paced than sitting in a deer stand waiting on a deer which I know there's more to it than that but that's a that's that's a lot of perspective from a lot of bird hunters
0: now it's a it's baffling to me because I'll hear boys that have never duck hunted a day in their life that grown up with us and they they've about quit deer hunting. I ran into two boys from Ball Ground that I've known my whole life the other day at Home Depot, and he said, "Killed any deer yet?" And I said, "No." Nah. You, he said, "Man, I about hung up deer hunting. All I do is duck hunting." Yep. And well, I, mean, I think
4: the duck dynasty deal was was a, good, a big part of all of that.
0: Do you think it hurt the duck hunting? I think it community? helped and
4: hurt it in in some ways. There's like some, anything. well, there's some guys that came into it that just dove off into it, didn't have anybody like a mentor or somebody to talk to, teach them. Hey, this is what you do, this is what you don't do, like rights and wrongs. you know. It's just like anything else. There's kind of like these, I ain't going to say unwritten rules, but it's just etiquette that yeah. a lot of these people
0: don't have. I think that goes with any kind of hunting anymore. You've got to have some kind of principal etiquette that you've got to have behind it. Yeah,
4: you ain't going to shoot a turkey off a lamb.
0: Stewardship. That's right.
4: Did you listen to
2: our episode with Jimbo?
4: I haven't. What? I have not. What? I hadn't made it that far back. Jim oh. Ronquist, yeah. yeah. Oh, Jimbo. He's been doing a long time. He's one of the yep. OG OGs. Yes. Yeah.
0: And he's he was a very good talk for us. I mean, we enjoyed it. We had yep. no idea. We actually got him on to talk about turkeys for tomorrow mm-hmm. and wound up talking more yep. about duck hunting than yep. we did anything. I think, he's a
4: super, super good guy. I've met him a couple times. I think
2: his calls and the Robertson's calls are about the two best in the nation. Yeah, so
4: it? he's one of the founders, or I ain't going to say a founder, but he's one of the partners over at RNT now. And that's, I mean, they're one of the premier. Yeah. I mean, everybody. When you go to, when you go to uh, Arkansas, you can go to Stuttgart, You go to Max Prairie Wings, and then R and T's Call Shop. They share the same parking lot. So,
2: gotcha.
0: That's pretty neat. I went to Arkansas Coon hunting when I was sixteen, and never seen so many yeah, rice fields. Gravy, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> Did we talk about that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Chocolate gravy? What was that? Well, I like, I
4: forgot about. I forgot about that. that. <laughs> Y'all've gone. Y'all've been up to the Midwest hunting too. Just. You know, traveling and seeing everything that's in between, like all of that.
0: That rice was blew my mind in Arkansas. What, how many flooded fields there was yep. out there?
4: When I, I've been, I went to Minnesota when they were harvesting corn, mm-hmm. and that is some of the blackest dirt that I have ever seen in my entire life. Yep. and it just blew my mind away to think that there's, you know, I, I just don't think about going all the way up to Minnesota and seeing the same farmhouse for forty miles. You know, it's the same exact setup. They got a windbreak, a house, and a barn, a silo, and then it's corn all the way around. It's that's the way just, Iowa is. That's it's why, insane.
3: That's why Missouri was. They call that blue mud up there. Yeah, just
0: uh, Iowa is just that black soot, just dirt. as black I mean, as can be. Well, rich.
2: Just, I mean, it's just like I mean, you go over to like Mississippi, you know, to Biloxi. Yeah, and you go yeah. there and get you a handful of that sand. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Nasty
0: black. It's crazy. I think it's in in the, in the Midwest portion, like he's talking about, it's it's not as sandy as it is on the coast down there, but it smells almost the exact same. Just uh, it's mm-hmm. it, it doesn't stink. I mean, I don't want to say just, it stinks. Yeah. It has a dis, distinct, distinct odor. It's a distinct
4: smell. Yep.
0: To it. And a lot of that has hog shit mixed in with it, too, and <laughs> it really stinks. That, that gum, you get it's down, better
2: growing than this old red clay we got down it.
0: here. You
4: get down south, like Louisiana or Texas, Panhandle and stuff like that, you get in that daggum gumbo mud that... Stuff you step off into and you're up to your tits in it and you can't get out of it. <laughs> you go.
0: <laughs> oh, so what? Uh, what's what's something on the horizon for you, Cal? I mean, what's what's something that's peeking for you? <laughs>
4: man, I've got a bunch of stuff on the books for this year. I'm actually I got off the phone with a guy. on my way over here uh, about going to North Dakota to shoot some cranes. Um, like I said, I'm on the I'm on the my Sandhill cranes. Yeah, man, rib eye of the sky, rib eye of the sky. That's what I heard.
0: <laughs> that's when we was kids, we'd always hear. You can hear them. You hear them. We always thought those geese. I did too, yeah. yep. Until you, I, it may have. I may have been telling you that mm-hmm. them, they told me at deer camp, said, that ain't no goose. Look through your scope. And he said, you ever seen a goose with legs that long? Yeah. I, yeah. Man, that's crazy. Well, like a pterodactyl. First, it does. Yep. Do you know Courtney
2: Conring? Did you go to school with her?
4: Uh, where'd she go to school? Damon? I, I think
0: she's, she's older, older than, than. Yeah, she's like 36, 35, Oh, 36. Is, oh okay. is that her married
4: was, name or is that her? Yeah, that would know. be her maiden, her maiden name. name. She, she's from, uh, Cedartown. Right?
2: Yeah. 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 She, she like got a degree in that. She, we had her on the podcast too. She got a yeah. degree in those sandhill yeah. cranes.
4: Well, that's Dave and them, Penhody, they're, they're from around my, yeah. that area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. That's right. Just a hop, skip and a jump.
2: That's right. I didn't know. Are Yet, you. Ex- she said that they, they go to, what was it? Texas every year to hunt mm-hmm. those
4: sandhills. Yeah. So that's the thing. It's the way that that, that season is, is there's people in Canada and like way, way up North that hunt them. And then a lot of people don't hunt them until you get into Oklahoma and, like, West Texas. Why is that? I don't, that's just the way that it's always been. That's just, those people in West Texas and Oklahoma kind of really started that big craze with shooting cranes.
3: They not land before they get there. I don't know. (laughs) They're they're coasting from Canada all the way down. It's got to be tough.
0: (laughs) Because you know, when
4: you normally see them, they're way, way up there. They're
0: in the jet stream also. They actually have landed right there in Larry's field behind my house several times. I mean, and it's, Crazy to see them yep. and I mean, Yeah I thought about it a time or two And then I don't want to go to prison Yeah that's
4: federal, federal. Just not, think about that Any waterfowl is federal and it's they're not not a state there,
0: there is no uh, There's no season in Georgia
4: Alabama yeah. has a season But you have to be a resident And you have to put in for a draw And you get to shoot one a year Mississippi doesn't have a season And then Louisiana picks really? it up And wow. most of those states out there have them
0: So if you're thinking about shooting a rib by the sky Listen to what the man just that's said it. Why is
4: federal
2: attached to so many birds, because they travel across the whole country. Yep, they don't exactly. stay like a
4: deer is. It's not like you're just hunting a deer that's in this population. They travel across state lines. You don't kill it. Either. They
2: must not seen that deer that they done that study on traveling 500 miles. <laughs> yeah. We don't
0: kill a, a eastern in California, do you? No, I, don't, I mean, I, I no, can no. you can you kill? I don't know. That's the craziest thing I've ever yeah, heard. I think that they was, are easterns in California. Actually, not uh, to say that you, you yeah. talk about those cranes.
4: I I went to college in Rome up at Shorter, and we used to hunt on the Coosa River. Some, and there's an old man. Out there, just got a big row crop farm right on the river, and those cranes migrate. It's right on the state line. Those mm-hmm. cranes migrate through there every year, and I happened to be hunting one day when those cranes were. He had a cut cornfield, and when I say one got up, I bet it was a hundred thousand got up. It was the loudest sound I've ever about heard. About right
0: there on one going out of. You know We're where Brushy on, Branch yeah. boat ramp yeah. is? When you
4: put in with Brushy yeah. Branch, go out to the main river channel right there. I
0: know what you're talking about. Like, yeah. We go over crappy fishing. Yep.
4: Wear them out, too.
0: All No, we didn't catch nothing. We went over there striper fishing and caught stripers, but went over crappy fishing and didn't catch nothing. Yeah. Catfish. Yeah. We've got a place on the uh, on the uh, Chatuga. Okay. Right over out of Galesville on yep. 35.
2: Yep. We got some guys coming, Uh, some of our good friends. They're going to Argentina next year. Yep. Love hunting. have you been there
4: i haven't so the thing with argentina though when you look into it is they charge you for your ammunition you know it's no limit to shoot as many as you can shoot but then once you get to the end they're gonna give you a bill for how much you shot
2: really and it's you got to oh.
4: shoot their guns you got to rent their guns you can't bring your own gun they um so it looks like a cheap trip until they give you that ammunition Oh, we got some tight wads over there they boy <laughs> yeah. who's going Mayo, Mayo and, and Eric. Richards
3: and Lewis. Lewis, yeah.
4: They just Listen, better. They won. They better the have that ready. Better have that in really? their mind before they go.
3: They want it, so I, they want a trip over there. So I don't know if that's
0: included or.
4: Were they at the Rockmart Turkey Banquet when they won that? NWTA, no, they I were
0: here they in Cherokee no. County. Cherokee okay. County had one too. Okay. I know no. the um, the a guy dad worked with david edwards went down there and he said they shot like thirteen thousand oh, times yeah. In, yeah. in five days burnt up a brand new benelli shotgun burn it up burnt every sear spring in it and his father-in-law had a 1300 winchester and said he shot just as many times as, as he did mm-hmm. and it was still firing when they left but Amazing. he burnt burn it up he said but they they fall they don't get them they, they would fall into a field, and they had hogs in those fields, and the hogs would eat those birds.
4: Some places, and then a lot of places you've got. Because they're an invasive got a species. That, yeah, well, you've got a guy that sits with you, and you shoot five. There's no plugs. He hands you a gun. Yep, you shoot five. He hands you a gun fully loaded, and you hand him the other there's one. There's that many doves there? It is a nonstop 13,000 flight. 13,000 shells in non-stop five days. flight from, and they've got parakeets. they got collar doves. They have white-wing doves. They have morning doves, which is what we shoot here.
0: They say you get tired of shooting. He, David absolutely, tired. and he shoot. passed away recently, but he <gasps> he said that he shot so many times that he was just tired of shooting.
4: Yep. You better know. have some good hearing protection.
0: Shot a 12-gauge for – Oh,
4: no, 12 Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. Bet he, I bet his shoulder was black and blue. <laughs> I'm going to take a 20-gauge. I might even <laughs> take a 410. <laughs> I'm going to go.
0: I ain't going New to New Zealand. You going to New Zealand?
4: No. No, that's too far. That's a, shoot. Trying to get into New Zealand and Australia, you know how far that is? It's like a twenty 19, it's 19, like a nineteen hour yeah. plane ride or
1: something.
4: Yeah. Jeez. I just hop, skip, and jump. Yeah, on a plane I can't get out.
3: <laughs> know, In a truck a time, I can man.
4: stop and get out. So I watch Lonesome
2: six doves six times. That's it. God. That's it.
3: <laughs> four. No, four. I'm oh, about four. Say. Well, three yeah. and a half, really. <laughs> <All> three, <laughs> almost six it's hours. a ten
4: part episode. Lonesome doves ten
0: parts? No, it's four parts.
1: No. Yeah. Is yeah. it the yeah.
4: TV's oh yeah? Alex can it's eight hours, right?
0: Six. Six. But it's four parts. Yeah. You got leaving <laughs> the grasslands. Return. I went to Me- <laughs> coming home.
4: <laughs> you'll, you'll laugh at this. I went to Mexico last year on a duck hunt, and I was staying at a resort like it was all inclusive deal. So paid for everything up front. Eat as much as you want. Drink as much as you want. And I ended up one day. I was sitting there with a pitcher of pina coladas, and I watched all of Lonesome Dove in my room because it, it was day. just playing it's on. A great yeah. day. Went and shot ducks that morning. I never left the room after that.
0: I've wore out two DVDs watching Lonesome <laughs> Dove. i on, it's I've on never my phone. watched All of
4: it. It's on my
2: phone. That's what I watch when I get on a plane. Just because it's so long.
0: What's uh What's your favorite movie, Cal?
4: Favorite movie? <laughs> oh, we had not ask that one. I thought it'd wow.
0: be fun. What's Tomb-
2: your favorite movie, Alex? Lonesome Dove. Lonesome Dove. Tombstone. Yeah. I'd say mine's probably I, Tombstone. I was
0: gonna say Tombstone. Forrest my, my second. I like a Tombstone. Uh, ain't even my top five. Oh, what's the Are you on
3: drugs? Well, he What's the newer
2: he, one with uh Robert Duvall?
0: Open Range? Open Range. Yeah,
2: open Range is like pretty good. That's a
4: good one. Yeah, I like those old Western movies. I grew up when I was a kid. I wanted to be a bull rider.
3: It's well,
2: <laughs> hard to beat Robert Duvall and uh, Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner, yeah. yeah. It
3: is. But Val Kilmer, that's his best acting role ever in Tombstone. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
4: I watch Yellowstone. Uh, Yellowstone. I watch Yellowstone. I watch Yellowstone, man
2: roadhouse is pretty good it's hard to be it <laughs> <laughs> depends on what kind of mood you're in yeah it just depends Branded on random shirtless you're in. letting
0: him in his underwear watching roadhouse right now it's friday night and he's watching it we went from ducks to movie <laughs> i was just curious i mean no we hadn't asked that before
4: i, I like old brother where art thou too yeah that's a pretty good one that is what's your dog's name so i've got two so i've got a You got uh, one here tonight i got one here tonight we can't yeah. turn one yeah. loose because she's uh it. um her name's jesse uh one year old Britney Spaniel, liver and white. Um, and then I've got a uh, 10 month old black lab Willow. Gotcha. So I'm going to have my hands full. Willow's off at school still right now. That's
0: why I was about to say you've seen her away. Yep. I just,
4: I-, I don't have the time personally between work and just living my life to put the time in to really, really train a dog the way that they ought to be trained, in my opinion. Yeah.
3: How did your dog do in Colorado?
4: She did really, really good. She, um, I think we had. She had three points and five flushes, and then the I shot four birds. She retrieved all four of them all the way back that's to awesome. me. So I was I was tickled to death.
2: Did the elevation bother you or her?
4: Not her because she had been there for three months. She had been in Denver for three months. Now me, on the other hand, <laughs> I was huffing and puffing, boy.
3: <laughs> I say it takes about two weeks to get acclimated.
4: Well, and that's the thing. You know, my grandpa and them, they've been out there elk hunting and and mule deer hunting for forty years out in northwest Colorado, and they always say. It it really takes, I mean, to get really, really acclimated, it, it takes a week plus. But if you're just going to be out there, don't go out there and then plan on hiking up the mountain the next day. At least give your two days to get acclimated.
3: Yeah, Because I know when we go out there, the first two days are a real struggle. And then – Oh, yeah. And we're not hiking by no means, but just trout fishing and stuff, easing along those rivers, you just – It's almost like it's just hard to catch a breath. Yeah. Just,
4: yeah. That air's thin up there. Yeah, it is. It ain't like that air down here you can <laughs> cut with a knife. Yeah.
0: Well, Cal. Get,
2: hang on, hang on, Alex. You're getting
0: ahead of yourself. You ever watch Pump that? Your Brakes? <laughs> <laughs> he, got he, got said, you. he, he said he wanted to get one tonight. He got, he got
2: you. He got you on that. Oh, good. Ta- talking about retrieving dogs. You ever watch that Python Cowboy?
0: No. What? Uh-uh. You need to watch it. I'm not is this on Netflix? No, it's on uh YouTube. No, just you can watch it on YouTube or Instagram. Okay. <laughs> he's right. yeah. He he's got a dog that retrieves iguanas. Yes. Oh yeah,
4: him. the guy the one that jumps off the boat. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah,
1: that
0: little feist dog or whatever it is. Some kind of little terrier. or
4: Scottish
1: terrier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Down
0: there, was that, South Florida? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You still watch him
1: catch
2: him, I thought we got to get him on. <laughs> I know I I,
0: I want to send him a message and then me i want to schedule a trip.
4: you not count me out on snakes. I, I don't went, want to just catch snakes. Down. I don't want to catch... He, I don't well, want
0: he, he kills iguanas. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've been tell, I've been wanting to go iguana hunt since go. I read about that, in North American Whitetail, how they were taking over South America, and there was a bounty put on them. Me and Uncle talked about going a time and again. Hey, don't worry Dude, about it. They the shoot heel.
4: them everywhere. Load the wagon. That's <laughs> it. Load the wagon. Let's
0: go. <laughs> it, you can go. I've got the hookup on it. You can go down there for a full eight-hour iguana hunt, and you can stay the night if you want to, but he will pick you up at the airport, drop you off at the airport, Take you on a full day hunt. It's one hundred and fifty dollars per person. You can take four people. You but, can't, you can't beat that. Beat with that. Stick. I mean, I want to go. What do you shoot them with? Air rifles.
4: When you're ready, right. you let me know.
0: Yeah, he's got air rifles that you use. He's got the guns. He's got everything. So, tell,
4: don't think I won't go. Nah, you, I, if I have a week, all, right all I need is a week notice. You let me know. It's the I mean, day.
0: I mean, that'd be a fun trip. I think because we yeah.
4: I went down to uh, South Florida a little bit north of Miami this summer and it was peacock bass fishing. My younger brother graduated from high school. That's what he wanted to do for graduation. So we took him down there. And man, that was crazy. And they've got him down there.
0: I say we we'll go for two days. Let's just, this, this four right here. <laughs> take a four day, a, a weekend trip. That's yeah. deep south, right? Yeah. Keys. Fly yeah. to Miami.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> take, take off on
0: Friday. Leave on Thursday. Maybe three We ain't going to be shooting <laughs> nothing down there but the shit. <laughs> That's all we're gonna shoot. Shoot he, tequila. And the beer. I mean, he, he, he will pick you up at the airport. Where the, you're in the boat when you get him all the beer you want to drink. You trust him? And then tra- yeah. Oh, yeah. He's from here. He's from Canton. He used to work with Coon. What? Josh, what? The one that, yeah, yeah, Josh the one that was been talking about it. So he worked with a buddy of ours.
4: Yeah. That's crazy.
0: He went down there and started that business, hunting iguanas. They're good, right? Good for him. Oh, my goodness. Delicious. What that lady from Panama that Jessica used to work with she said, they'd kill him right out of the yard and take him out. I don't know them. if I trust <laughs> them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they eat pretty good. I'll we'll try it, though. I'll try anything once, food wise. So, the real reason that we met you was through Whitetail Properties. And yep. I know we've steered in about 95 different directions, but why don't you tell us about how you got into Whitetail Properties and how that opportunity came about? And where it has taken you thus far in your in the last twelve months? So
4: that w- it was totally, totally a God thing. It was it was such good timing. Um, I I had my real estate license previously, and I was working for a little mom and pop office out of my hometown. And uh, my broker was getting ready to retire, and he said, "Look, man, you probably need to. I'm thinking about retiring. You need to some find somewhere to hold your license." So I had started looking around. I went to you know some of the normal duffy realty and keller williams and you know all of them and i just it wasn't necessarily the kind of fit that i wanted they wanted me to be you know dive in full force and be residential and knock heads with all these folks and i just happened to be looking on a job board and whitetail properties was hiring in this area so i sent in my resume i was already actively licensed and shooting the rest is history i've i've done pretty well for myself in my opinion
0: has it been a journey that you expected it to be, or has there been some you know surprises with it? There's
4: been some surprises. It was a t- it totally new because I was doing – most of my stuff that I was doing before was commercial. Mm-hmm. And now you go into to land and residential, homes with acreage, timber, farms. You know. um, it's something that I've been around my whole life and I know a lot about, and it just made sense. It, I'm more passionate. I get to go out and look at folks Go look at pieces of property that you know you could only dream about, and I get to see somebody buy that or sell that. It helps their family, but the buyers and get to see what they turn it into. You know, some place they're going to raise their family where they're going to put a deer stand and their kids are going to hunt there. You know, it, it, it's uh, it's, it's pretty fulfilling.
0: So, walk us through a scenario of how an individual would sell property with whitetail properties
4: so they would if they're in my territory and i'm i have a territory that i cover and we've got six agents in georgia I think they're getting ready to hire another guy um but depending on where it is in the territory they contact me i'd come out and look at the property come out ride it I'll, i've got a side by side and I go ride property look i and i like to take the property owner with me because they can tell me stuff about that property that you know i would miss otherwise like right. stuff that They know about, like, hey, there's an old well that was filled in here or there was an old home place here, yada, yada. This is a property line. They've got the pins, And we'll ride around, look at it, and then I kind of do a a basic evaluation there on the spot. Usually if they – I talk with them, kind of fill them out on what, what they're at, if they're ready to sell now or if they're just in the beginning process. Most folks normally want me to give them a value of what I think it's worth. And having a competent knowledge of what's in that area, what's on the market, because I I check all of the MLSs, all of the real estate, Zillow, all of that daily. Mm -hmm. What's coming up? What's sold? What is coming up for sale? Um, What's it selling for per acre? What's on the property? Does it have water? Is it pasture? Is it a timber investment? Is there a house? You know, all of those add or subtract value. Is there a chicken house built next door to it? You know, Is there a water treatment plant? They're gonna. If somebody wants to build a house, do they have access to utilities mm-hmm. to to build the house? Is it gonna perk? Is it uh, in floodplain? There's a whole lot of lot of stuff that can dive into it. But I'll go and give them a valuation of what I think it's worth. Hey, this is what I think it's worth. If this was me and I was gonna market it for sale, this is the price I would put it at. And then if they decide that they want to list it for sale, then we'll go through the whole contract process getting it listed for sale. I'll come out, take aerial photos with a drone, take pictures with a, with a camera, um, and then it's basically on me to it'll, all of our listings, they'll populate the Whitetail Properties page, which is probably the number one land site in the United States. It goes to Lands of America, Land Watch, which are some of our premier partners. It goes Zillow, MLS. Um, if you have a unique property that's a commercial property or something, we've got access to put them on commercial boards and to where we get that, you know, get out in front of folks, so we're trying to help folks get their property sold in a timely manner.
0: What's been the most rewarding property that you've sold so far? Man, I got
4: to sell a property for my grandpa. He had he had a big piece that he had he had, had for a long time, and it was kind of far off from where he was, and he wasn't using it. He wasn't hunting it. Nobody was using it, and he he trusted me enough he could have he could have sold this he could have used anybody he wanted to and he gave me the opportunity and man it was a, it was one that really you know pumped me up it was almost a 700 acre piece wow sold it over a million dollars and it was it was been lights out since
0: now the people that's that, pretty
4: cheap though well i mean <laughs> i mean I, i'm, not, I'm not giving a full oh i dollar. i, got, I, just I said it was over a million i got you i got you <laughs>
0: did you are you still in contact with the people that bought it
4: yeah so the guy that bought it actually um he he's he hunts in kansas and i put him in contact with some guys out in kansas and he's looking i think for another piece of property out there he's a timber developer so he's he's got he sold a big piece of property had a 1031 exchange and he's looking to put some money somewhere so
0: does he still have that 700 acres yep do you lease it for hunting uh
4: you can definitely ask him i can give you his number <laughs> Cody, get Shut that, that mic off right now,
3: <laughs> y'all don't need to hear this part
0: oh <laughs> uh, well that's uh that's neat to hear and and it sounds like you know after talking to you the show and ever since i've been talking to you, you really enjoy what you do with that so it, it's
4: it makes it a lot easier man like i said i get to go out and like i had one property that i got to go look at and it had over a mile river frontage and so Man, wow. I took I took my boat out. I took my boat and looked at the property from the water. I looked at it from from land and everything too. It was, I mean, who gets to go ride around and in your boat and look at deer and animals and look at property and Cody for a living? <laughs> well, I'm I'm sure
2: I'm sure like your grandpa's property and a lot of other people's property. You know, Alex always says at the end of the show, "Mountain Memories." I'm sure a lot of these people riding around with yeah. you. Yeah. Are sharing those stories they over are. the times oh, with they you, are. and and I'm sure that's pretty heartfelt. And it's probably it was probably hard for you to turn loose to your grandpa. It's probably hard for you. to It list. is.
4: It is. It is. But it was time. It was time. We had we had some good memories there. And he, when he said he was ready to move it, he he had something else in mind that. It's time to go. Yep, I see it. When he says it, you better better be ready. <laughs> yeah. Don't miss that opportunity because he will move on. Yeah.
0: Does uh, it? Does it? Um. Or have you heard a story that sticks out in your mind from anybody on a piece of property that's so I've, interesting?
4: I've had a couple. Um, there's one guy that he's the. This is his. He's the third generation to live on this place, and his kids have all moved off, and nobody wants a farm, and he's just not able to physically man take care of it. He can't keep right, up with right. it anymore, and like I've I've been out there and rode around with him. He'll just call me, hey, can you come by? He just he wants just to wants visit. Company. He just wants somebody to ride around that appreciates it like he does. Yeah. You know, he'd tell you a story like he planted this tree from, you know, when it was a size of a a half dollar and now you can't even wrap your arms around it. And like he, he was there yeah. when it was planted, you know, just all kinds of crazy, crazy stuff like that. Or they'll tell you, yeah, I shot, my son shot his first deer from this tree. It was right here, this many, you know, and they've got all of it. And, a lot of the most of the folks I'm dealing with are older, right? Or it's younger people where their family has died; they've inherited it and they, they don't live have any off. Tie to no, it. exactly. They don't have any emotional tie. But then at the same time, you have those people that they get tore up about it. Like oh, I'm sure it, it's hard for them to let go, but they financially and just physically, you know, it's it's best for them in that situation. And I try to make it as easy as possible, but at the same time, too. You got to be real with these people. You can't just be after it for the money. Right. You got to tell them if if you think this is right or wrong. You got to let them know. Mm -hmm. Like I got a lady now that she's got a property in Gordon County, and she's up in her nineties, and she doesn't know she doesn't know, you know, a a whole bunch about it. And she put all full faith trust in me to do it. And like for a complete stranger to do that, and you know, you want to take care of them. You want to do right by them. And people when you're real with people they can respect that and they can feel that and it goes a long way
0: i think that probably has helped in in doing this for you five generations in the in the hardware business yeah, and having that store the tiles that you have there i mean yep. that has to tie back to the relationship portion of it cuz there's probably people that have that are coming to the hardware store that were buying parts from your great grandpa or whoever great, it may great yeah yeah, That's yeah I think crazy. somebody
4: Somebody in my immediate family has been going to that store five days a week at least since 1929 for 92 years in the same place.
0: That's crazy. <laughs> that
4: is crazy. And there, it's just crazy. Like, there's, How many people
2: have tried to purchase that?
4: A whole bunch. A whole bunch. And my granddaddy's stood firm like an oak on that one, buddy. <laughs> he said – Who runs that now? You are an oak. So I'm in the management role where I kind of in and out – but uh, we've got – man, we got good employees. we got three guys over 80 that work at the hardware store. Okay. One, of them, one of them be 87 in November. Got a wood heater in there? They used to. They used to have a whole potbelly stove in there, but <laughs> oh, we've, we've upgraded to central heating there. <laughs> Y'all <sell> guns? <laughs> they used to. They sold guns there up until the 90s. They got held up at gunpoint in like 94. and. Yeah, I guess in that area in. they did. Yep. Yeah, demographic has changed from since – that used to be a farming community. It used to be a single dirt lane road or dirt road. And then they had a one-track railroad track that had a spur off of it. Now, that spur came off, and the train would pull over, and they had a sliding door on the back of the building. And they roll out a, fold out a board and load it direct from the train car into the store.
0: I would love to come down there sometime and Whenever. maybe, you know, that's what we should try to line up. Maybe come down and do a show down there with your, with you, some of those oh, yeah, folks. Some of that old folks on Saturday. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Go down yeah. on a Saturday morning. We'll, we'll
4: get out the coffee
0: and the cheese. That's right. Yeah. That's right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got some hoop cheese. Down that's there? it. Red rind and black rind. <laughs> and that's awesome that that would be neat we may that have to would. talk about doing that it, it it's it's been
4: like i've been so blessed with all the the stuff that i've been presented with in my life and it's just i've i've always been taught kind of some morals that like if when you get an opportunity to do right by folks do right by folks just growing up in that store you want to you want to help the little old grandma that's trying to fix yes. her sink you yeah. know she don't know what she's doing and you know, you—I've driven over to some of them folks' house and replaced stuff for them. You know,
0: that's cool, man. That—that's that small town feels fading fast in that area. I mean, it's, it's growing all it's, around you.
4: It's so hard too, as a as an independent retailer. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got all these big chains. You know, they've got thousands and thousands of stores across the country to where they're buying power, buying, yep. and then you know, we just got one little podunk store. You know.
0: But y'all still have a pretty good business structure yeah, there.
4: Yeah, we we pay the we pay the employees and f- keep the bills paid. So
0: <laughs> we made it to the next month. Oh, that's awesome, Nick. I think it might be time, and yeah. he's listened to enough episodes. But it's before, down. well, before we get to that point, I got a question for him. So, Cal, you've listened to a lot of episodes, and you know you've just met us what six months or six weeks ago, eight yeah. weeks ago what has been one of the biggest takeaways you've gotten from the show listening to it thus far?
4: Well, it's easy for me to support people that are local, you know, people that are from here and people that are like mine fellowship. And it's, and it's genuine. It's a genuine interest in the outdoors, and everybody's got their own, you know, opinion and take, and you don't get butthurt about stuff. And that's right. Even though you might not like the turkey hunt, and he loves turkey hunt. <laughs> that's know, right. <laughs> I know y'all go to blows over it sometimes, but it's real. And real, like I said earlier, just something that's real, you can tell that it's genuine, and it just – I enjoy hearing all y'all's stories from growing up because they remind me of my – you know, it's yeah. a, it's a little different aspect. Like you said – Y'all used to have the daggum skin and shed and the and the meat place, and y'all had deer camp. Well, we had a little camp where we go where we go on Labor Day weekend and go dove hunt. It's a little cinder block house down in Louisville, Georgia, and it's still sitting there in the same place. Still got the bunk beds in the in the off room where the kids had to stay in the bunk room and they couldn't come in the main house while the, after a certain time. Yeah, there you you go. y'all still got that place unfortunately we don't we don't but i've got man that's where i killed my first deer i killed my biggest deer there i've got about a a 115 inch nine point that i shot when i was
2: is that jefferson county it is when i was
4: 10 years old you know and that and it's just like you said you you mount the memories you think about all that stuff every time i see them i've got them hanging in my living room i know exactly where i was i know who was with me I can go back to the very detail of what happened that day. I can tell you what I ate that day. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, and I think that goes with, you know, from the first mount you get to the last. I mean, it's, I can tell you each, I look at the first deer I ever got mounted every time I go in my office, it's still hanging in there. It still means as much to me as this deer right here behind me does. I mean, they just, I don't think they ever take away (laughs) from each other or get away. And I think it stays, uh stays on top. Um and uh and we'll uh we'll continue to mount on my hope. Well, and that's
4: the thing too, you know, you sit there and you think about it and a lot of those people that go back to those memories are no longer with us. Or they won't be at some point. Right. And you have to go back and reflect on all those things that like I've been so fortunate to grow up in, in the family that I grew up in and they've taken me and hauled me all over the place and it's just you sit there and think about who you've been with and that's right. man it it just that's kind of that's all I've ever known my whole life, yeah, building those relationships and making those memories. you only get one one life on this earth
0: better make the best of that's it. that's
4: right
2: we've had <clears throat> we've had several guys on here that's no longer with us and but we yep. can go back and pull those episodes up that's and, it, and you mm-hmm. think about them, yeah,
4: you think about them,
2: but um. What's the piece of advice you give somebody, man? I know you just kind of kind of touched no, base on fine. everything, but uh, – And
4: I, and it, and it can I be can't narrow anything. this down. Oh, he's been planning. He's I haven't this. <laughs> I've been planning this. Yeah. I've got it all. We I've didn't ask you at the outdoor blast. blast. No, you didn't. Yeah. You didn't have time. Yeah. Y'all, y'all was y'all was the hit at that show, by the way. I don't know about y'all, that. Y'all were. Y'all were. I've been thinking about this, and I think for each of your next questions, I've got like a two-part answer, and I'm do probably going to dive off into it a little bit. But Roll. the first thing, a piece of advice, yep. if you have the desire to go, load the wagon and go. Yeah. Don't don't just say, no, nah, we'll, we'll, we'll plan to do that next year because you you'll get to next year and something else will come up. If you have the opportunity to go and do something and you want to go do it, go do it. Our yeah. lives are too short. Take whoever you want to. And the if you're worrying about the money or you're worrying about the job, If you your job will replace you most of the time. You might not be able to ever do this again in your entire life. That's right. And then the second part of the piece of advice, if you want to dive off into something new, like me going out there and upland hunting for the first time, ask questions. Don't be scared to ask a question because you think you're going to look stupid. There's so many people out here that are willing to help and tell you exactly what they think. And whether it's right or wrong, they're willing to help you and answer your questions and help you kind of, you know, mature and grow in whatever you want to do.
0: Yeah, and you you hit the nail on the head with that go. Go, man. We just had this conversation. I had it with Nick and Cody that a lot of times people look at what we do in our hunting. I'm from North Georgia. I was born and raised right here. There's never been an opportunity given to me, but they presented themselves, and my dad took it by the horns, and and we went with it. And it's just like Cody and I going to Illinois and hunting. We don't go up there and hunt on a piece of private ground that we leased two years ago. Yeah. Nick doesn't go up there and hunt on something that he's paying ten thousand dollars a year to lease. We go up there with those opportunities, and. When you're presented with them, you better jump on them. And even if you're not presented with them, you got to make your own path for it. That's it. You got to just go. Yeah. There was a guy, he said, he literally commented that I wish I could kill a deer like that or I'd have a deer like that in front of me. And my answer was go. Go. Pack up. And, and, you know, we've had the argument with people that they say, oh, I don't have time to do it or this, that, and the other. But you're not making the time. Nope. It's all about making the time and, and, You know, save that money. Eat a cheeseburger or a bologna sandwich from the house instead of eating at Longhorns every Friday night. That's right. I won't get going, Nick. I'll calm (laughs) down. down. (laughs) Bumpy Brakes. Bumpy Brakes.
2: Bumpy Brakes. Get on that tangent, boy. You got to watch it.
1: It's Friday night. He might want to get wild. (laughs) (laughs) Cal,
4: Cal, what are you most thankful for? So I've I've said it once, I'm going to say it again. I'm thankful for the opportunities that I've been given. Yeah. And I'm thankful for growing up in the family that I grew up in. Um, I lost my mom when when I was six years old to cancer. She was 32 years old. And my daddy hauled me around all over this country and took me to God knows how many places. I remember we were on a quail plantation, one of the most premier quail plantations in the South and he was letting me go up there with a Red rider BB gun <laughs> on them birds that was holding tight in them coveys, and they let me shoot one on the ground with my Red rider BB gun, and the rest of them would flush, and they would shoot them, and I thought that was the greatest <laughs> thing in awesome. the world. Oh, and he's hauled me to Colorado. I've ridden with him in a U-Haul truck all the way across the United States when I couldn't even drive, and I'm sure I drove him nuts. But he's, he's, he's man, he's my hero. Yeah. He, he's been there from day one, you know. I was the best man in his wedding when he got remarried. He's the best man (laughs) in mine, man. It was, he's a go-to. But, again, the opportunities that I've been given, like this opportunity with Whitetail Properties, I never thought that I'd be doing this. What a better way to make a living than, you know, go out and look at somebody's farm and help them try to find the piece of property that they want for the rest of their life. So they want to grow up and have the memories like we've all had growing up with our family. Um, That's cool, man. it's, It's been. What's your dad's name? Gary Hardy. You're the one and only. <laughs> <laughs> well you See got a legend out in that area. <laughs> he's the pride of Milledgeville, Georgia. He played uh he played football and baseball at Georgia Tech in the seventies. He got drafted and played Pro Ball for a little while. He you know, he was always our coach and all my buddies they still call him Coach Hardy. He coached high school football for a long time. He's he's a man. He's the myth, The hurricane. Hurricane Hardy. Really? I better stay out of the way.
1: <laughs>
2: you got brothers uh, and sisters
4: too. Yep. Yep. So my brother, he's um he's nineteen. He's over in uh Boaz, Alabama, playing junior college baseball, same place I played at. Um he's a big old strong kid. He's about a head taller than me and a whole lot more athletic. <laughs> he's got it all he's got all the tools. And then my sister, she's seventeen, she's still in high school and she's still she runs around with us and hunts. She hunts with her boyfriend and she's been on a bunch of road trips with us and froze her little butt off, you know, out there duck hunting or whatever. And, but she hangs right in there with all of us. Yeah.
0: So it was just you with your, your yep. mother. Yeah. Yep. So,
4: yep. so it's just, those are my half brother and half sister. But shoot, I claim them. I'm 11 years older than my brother <laughs> and 13 years old, my sister. I feel like they're mine.
0: <laughs> yeah. I bet you and your old man did have some fun Dude, growing up. We
4: still, and that's so funny because, you know, like I'm, We're going to South Dakota, and he's riding with me. I ain't riding with him. He's in the passenger seat, so I'm sure he's going to give me a dose of it. Hurricane Hardy. That's it.
0: Is your uncle older than your dad? Yeah, so
4: he's 10 years older than my dad. (laughs) So it's going to be me and then my daddy, he's 63, 64, and then his brother's going to be 73. And his his brother used to fish on the crappy circuit okay and so he's real real particular about all his stuff like when he packs a cooler he's got it layered for like this is for this day this is for the next day this is for the next day and you better not eat it out of order
2: <laughs> good lord
0: oh it's yeah. like going on a trip with willie on dad that's it's I'm gonna sleeping. be so fun i'm gonna <laughs> aggravate them to death have just you, because have again, y'all three made a trip together before not since i've been grown
4: you know yeah. since when we were little i did oh yeah but not since i've been up and so it, it'll be fun in my my uncle lost his wife this past year. They've been married for like thirty something years. Oh, wow. So we're gonna get him out of the house and put him on the road. I'm sure he's gonna be ill, irritated the whole time. But, is he? Is he pretty ill? Uh, he can be.
1: God. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sounds just like Willie.
4: And it's gonna be funny seeing them two together because you know they're they're brothers. Just and they're ten years apart, like me and my brother. So they give each other crap just like we do.
0: That's like my uncle and dad. They they're 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 uh, two peas in a pod. Nick Cody been around them for a lot of years, and they're. We go on trips together yep, and it's yep. got some of the most fun memories you can. You'll ever never make. forget it. Takes no. take as
4: many pictures as you can take.
0: They hated them. They oh, hate. they do. When I started they do. when I started going to to Iowa in two thousand thirteen when we went the first time I was looking back through one of my old phones today looking at pictures and they hated taking pictures. Hated it. Oh yeah. You could tell they had these snide faces and yeah, everything. They else. look like them old men from them farming pictures. This just mad. straight face. Yeah. Now yeah. my yep. uncle, he he'll kill a deer or something. He'll say, "Hey, take my picture. hold on, Bobber, Let me make sure I got my teeth in." He's <laughs> yeah. all, you know, he's yeah. getting down there, and Dad's like, "You got to get down low with it." And Dad's I laying down, it. taking <laughs> pictures. And it's so just it. funny that's to awful. see how they've transitioned yeah. into that. So, but
4: and that's the thing too. Like every year, I I I try to get my dad something meaningful. I'm not just gonna go buy him a tie or something, some bull crap. And we've started taking. One of our best memories from that year, and we get a big picture of it and get it framed and everything. And he's got the dang things hanging all over the house like the wall of shame when you walk in.
0: <laughs> well, your dad probably don't. You, there's nothing you could buy for him that he couldn't yeah, go buy for exactly. himself. So exactly, a picture, or something, a memory yeah. like that—that yeah. that probably means as much to him yeah. as anything. And
4: that's what I'm going. I'm going to try to take a whole bunch of pictures on this trip. I, I know because I don't know if we'll have another one. Heck, I could get you know I, I could God strike me dead tomorrow. I've had a full life so far, and I'm going to keep living it that way. Yeah. Well, That's you, right.
2: You say that. We went down uh, rabbit hunting this past year, and one of the guys that passed away here recently, we had a big picture blowed up of him, and we took it down to that place we hunted and yep. left it in their cabin. They got a cabin there, and we left it in there. Another day when we were down there, we told him he wasn't doing too well, and he, and I called him after he had passed away, told the guy that lived there on the farm, and he said, "You know what? We got that memory of him over there hanging up. That's
4: right. he so, will always be there. Every time right. you go down there and think about it, he's gonna be that's right, right there." That's awesome.
2: Awesome. Yeah. Um I always ask those questions. Is there any, is there anything that you left out that you feel like you want to leave with everybody?
4: Man, no. Uh, I've, <laughs> I've, I've seriously, I've, I'm, I'm a nobody compared to some of these folks that y'all have had on here, and I, I really appreciate y'all having me on. I enjoy the camaraderie, just sitting around cutting up, you know.
0: Well, <laughs> yeah, we had an hour long conversation oh, yeah. before we ever started recording. That was that's great, and up. I think that's the biggest thing. Once we met you and and I got to talking to you, you know, we we say, Yeah, hey, we'll get we'll get you on," you know, sometime. And we always we always try to follow up with somebody, yeah. and a lot of times we'll follow up with them, and they're like, "Ah, you know, I ain't got time," you know, right now or whatever. And you were like. Dude, I, you say when? And, yes, and it. I'll be here. We and Nick talked about it last last week. He I'll said, "I said, hey, let's let's get Cal on next Man, Friday. Let's, let's do a Friday nighter." And, and they're always
2: much better in person too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, you can tell. Well, it's just hard
4: it. with the. It, well, it's hard because you know you're trying to deal with phone service, internet service, and
0: the Zooms have helped us. They have. They
2: have. Yeah. Because yeah. you can interact, yeah. you know when somebody's going to speak or somebody yeah. wants to talk. That's yeah. that's the hardest part. If you're just doing a phone call, you don't know when to. The break is. Yeah. You don't yep. know if we're sitting
3: there watching
4: Netflix with <laughs> yeah. the subtitles
0: yeah. on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they don't know if we're sitting here no. on our phones or whatever. Yeah.
2: I, I do appreciate you coming over.
4: Yeah. Well, yeah. thank y'all. I appreciate y'all having me well, That was a good little drive Bad for you. Shoot. Yeah. Yeah. No, it ain't nothing. thing. Appreciate I appreciate bur- you bearing gifts over yeah, here. Yeah, man. Too, so. Always. Always. Yeah. I said, if you're going to show up at somebody's house, you better bring something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he asked me what was the drink of choice, and I sent him a Bush Latte meme that said, we've already got the vaccine. Well, <laughs> I,
4: I wasn't going to show up empty-handed. I was going to bring something. Well, I probably got that ding. Meat board
0: up there Cut out with some cheese And wine That's it
4: That's it Brought that (laughs) Brought that summer sausage Oh yeah What else you got
2: Nick I'm good man I just appreciate you Coming over here And I appreciate the friendship And I know we're gonna See each other a lot more Uh, We dang sure better Hopefully with these shows And stuff You know I know you guys guys Got a lot more shows Than we got Well
4: you know Our little area Is kinda We just hit the ones Around the house Is it Georgia only Yeah so we have a Each team Has Each state. state Has their own team So
0: Gotcha We've but. got something we're working on that uh, <laughs> That's fine. you'll probably be more than more than interested in That's coming. fine.
4: You just let me know. Like I said, you got my number. I got one phone. It rings to my pocket. That's the only one I got.
0: <laughs> 7 a.m. to 11 p.m.
4: That's right. I mean, you, know what you got get up a little earlier. You're no, going uh-uh. to us? Uh-uh. <laughs> I'm, I'm going
3: to be ringing that phone, but it ain't going to be about no property I want to buy.
4: That's fine. Got some, I got somewhere we can bunk you up. We're going to. We're going to load the
3: wagon wagon And go out there and shoot the milk You got to get that that's it. You
4: got get the a, apple first. <laughs> I got a 20 foot tunnel trailer with a buggy. We can load it slap full. Let's I got go. a 38
3: foot fifth wheel. We can pull it 20 hours out to Colorado. Said, right we, up we I'll, meet I'll meet
2: you in
0: Denver. That's <laughs> it. We'll I'm pick fine. you up at the airport. I'm going to Jackson. <laughs> uh, <laughs> y'all boys call me. I'll just go to Biloxi for a weekend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my oh, goodness.
4: Man. Y'all, you can get you out there on one of them. Uh, I on of to stags, be, like you call it, one man, of the mule deer. Nah, I would
0: like to do that. Y'all yeah. go elk hunting, I'll go mule deer hunting. You're going to be Camp <laughs> Yeah, I'll go. Yeah. <laughs> got to camp. Yeah. Cook. Where's your film. wife at, Po Campo? <laughs> <laughs> She's in hell where I sent her. <laughs> we was talking about Lonesome Dove. Y'all don't know what that is. Go listen to That's it. So, my oh. wife is not there. I love my wife, by the way. <laughs> yep uh well uh cal appreciate it very much buddy it's been yeah, a man. been a, f- a lot of fun and uh thank y'all i don't i don't think this is gonna be the last time that we get to talk to you i think it's gonna be the start of a, a great friendship it already has i mean yep. you and i have been buzzing back and forth nine, and i'm gonna go ahead and apologize now for cody getting your number because he ain't got nothing to do during the day oh, so he is fine. going to about nothing at all. <laughs> that's fine It'll keep me busy you might can talk to him when he's driving to Colorado to get him a gallon of milk. That's, <laughs> That's all he it. does out there That's for.
4: <laughs> well, I might be able to put him up somewhere when he
2: gets there. Oh God! Here if we he go. slurred his words when you talk to him on the phone, tell him to kick his feet off the desk because they're up higher in his head. <laughs> 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 oh, he get the no <laughs> blood <laughs> <flow>. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness! Uh, he said that today, so the reason I said that.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> these uh, Friday night ones are getting fun, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> we may have to do these more often. So, uh, well, Cal, thing you got? Anything else? Got where can everybody find you as far as your Whitetail properties? So the stuff, Whitetail don't?
4: properties, Whitetailproperties dot com. Cal Hardy and it's H A R D I E. Um, it's got all. It. That's it. You have got all all my information's there. Email, socials, um, uh, phone number, and like I said, it's the only phone I got. So if you're looking to buy or sell in Northwest Georgia or anywhere, I can put you in touch. We're in thirty-seven states. And I think we got three hundred employees across the country and. I trust every one of them just, just as much as I do my own self. So.
0: That's awesome. Well, we appreciate you coming on and being with us. Yeah, man. Any oceanfront property up here in North Georgia? Uh, oceanfront property in Arizona. <laughs> 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 oh, we got to quit while we're ahead. We're already, it's already getting cheesier by the second. <laughs> Oh, me. Well, everybody here at Talk About It Outdoors, we want to thank you for tuning in to another amazing episode. It's been great. We've enjoyed it very much. Make sure you go over and check us out on all the social media platforms. Invite your friends. Tell them about it. Tell them about Whitetail Properties. If you got an uncle that's thinking about selling his property, you probably ain't going to let us know because you're pissed he's selling it anyway. But that's okay. If you want to make a little that change on the side, send it over to Cal. I'm sure he might bump you a reference. He brought us a good gift bag tonight, and I'm sure he'll hook you up with one. So, For everybody here at Talk About It Outdoors, come back and be with us again. We want to remind you, smile as you go, and don't forget, mount the memories.